called Shall We Do It? We Shall. Yes, welcome to the Prime Subjective. It's me, Celine Dion, the new host of the Prime Subjective. Just kidding. It's Chris Newcomer. I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it's just no I don't I don't I don't, no, I don't even but, know what I was about to say I don't know listen you know I've loved many a man named Rene but I, I'm still not Celine uh... um uh but we are here for the prime subjective uh our our Star Trek podcast to uh review season four episode Chris, four of... wait Chris you can be Celine Dion because say the name of the episode all is possible <laughs> yes <laughs> possible here and uh, in uh, in uh, French Canada. No, anyway, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna We're, I'm gonna exit out of the Celine portion of this no, intro. We need to capture that specific the the part the intersection of the Venn diagram between Star Trek and Celine Dion. That's yeah. where if yeah. you're in that mm-hmm. intersection, this is your new home. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that intersection involves Deanna Troy somehow. Like I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just do just a see strong that. lady doing their thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and Picard but, because French. Yes, Picard yeah, that's is French, true. yet British, yet French. We love mm-hmm. it all. Um, yeah. Jean-Luc. Um, and I purposely said Jean-Luc, so cool. That's things to work with there. Enjoy Just that. like Celine does. Just like Celine does. She burps out the music. Well, I am Chris Newcomer, not Celine Dion, despite uh, that entire five-minute <laughs> intro we just did. And with me, as always, is J-Nim. That's, that is me. And Carrie Henners. That is me. And Mike Henley. That is me. <laughs> and my dear husband, Rene, is here and with my twins. No, I'm kidding. I'm still not <laughs> But we are here to talk about Star Trek, not Celine Dion, no matter how many of us you want, want, want us to. Well, we'll um, see how the night goes. We'll see how the night goes. So I'm going to start with my favorite part of the whole show, which is my, uh, my How You Doing segment. So, uh, Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, looking, at, uh, looking at some... I don't know what to say here. I guess I'm looking at some. I'm I'm seeing if I want to move into an apartment in Philadelphia tomorrow. Oh, fun! Um, okay. Is that is that too personal? That's not too personal. I, I think personal is good. Oh. And just just to get even more personal, are you you revealed last episode that you have a significant other? Now, oh am yeah. I right? Am I right in thinking that you are at that significant other's apartment right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> Can you tell by the wonderful, fanciful decorations behind me? I was just saying, it didn't seem like your style, but it's. You don't think like that it. I do glitter on the walls? Um, maybe not. <laughs> when my choice of dress is button-down shirt on under Arthur's sweater. <laughs> yeah. There was a bit of an Arthur quality, but I, I appreciate that as well. I Wait, you're, she great. makes That's you great. dress a certain way when you're over her house. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! I was trying to draw a fun contrast. I, I, she's tried <laughs> to dress you. Yeah, she's tried to. Yeah. Well, not, we we, we know from your wild heart that you cannot be tamed, Jay, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that I think we all can appreciate that about you. Thank you, thank you. Hey, Carrie. Oh man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I have been watching. Uh, Christmas movies recently. I've watched a string of Christmas movies because I'm in between binging. And so I've been watching a few Christmas movies. uh, And have you noticed there is a new trend in movies now where 
if you get a text message in the movie, the text pops up on the screen, like bloop, mm -hmm. and everybody's yep. like texting and then the video message comes up. And that's a, that's a new thing that has been in almost every movie that I have watched so far that has been a, a, unite, a, a thread that ties the whole thing together. Can you give the, me an idea of yeah. the of the caliber of Christmas movie? Are we talking Hallmark? Are we talking Netflix? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Which one's higher caliber? That's They're a good. Yeah. I mean, I would say Hallmark point. is higher caliber than Netflix. I would actually tend because to agree. they know what they're they know they they tongue yeah. in cheekly know what they're doing. Yeah. You know. I I okay. I'll 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 say yes to that because I, I don't I know be any better. I don't know any better, so I'll I'll go with that. But I have been watching them on Netflix, and um, the or the one I just watched was on Amazon Prime, actually. Oh. And it had uh -huh. the had the uh, three Lawrence brothers in it. They're still All doing three? stuff. Good. God love them. God love them. They're, They're still, still doing around. stuff. Hey, They're still Joey, around. Matthew, Joey, and Andrew, Andy, Andrew. Andrew. The well, one. the little one. So it reminded me how that I had such a huge crush on Matthew Lawrence when I was Hello. a kid. The sure. middle one. The middle brother specifically. Yeah, because okay. uh, a boy meets world, Joey, if I'm guessing correctly. Right. And Joey was too old for me and Andy was mm -hmm. too young and Matthew was just the right age. And I think we're about the same age. Um, it's, a it's a real Goldilocks and, situation. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was just right. And and you know what? I it's it was more than a crush. I, I think I was in love. I think I was in love with him. Oh. Yeah, it was true love. It was true love. Yeah, I have an autograph. I sent away for an autograph in one of the you back did. of those hey, like magazines, okay. like those Teen Beat type of magazines. Sure. Like, dear, dear Matthew, I love you so much. Please send me an autograph. Mm. And he's still doing wow. stuff. Yeah. Well, don't let don't let Scott Hinners, your husband, here because I know my he's husband, famously he jealous. He knows. He knows. He. <laughs> I've told him about all of my uh, TV yeah. crushes. He knows all okay. about them. Oh, yeah. well, good. We're very open with those sorts of things. <laughs> That's healthy. That's good. Yeah. I, and uh, you know, it's good because I, he has zero. And whether he does or not, the, his answer is zero. He has zero <laughs> crushes on anybody. Whether, oh, man. whether that's true or not, that's the right answer that hey. he's supposed mm. to give. <laughs> he knows, he knows, you both know the answer is the other one uh, needs to hear. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I support that. Did any of I'm your TV crushes ever write back? No. Oh. But you did get but you did get an autograph from Matthew from writing to the magazine? Yeah, but you know, but he it's whatever. Write, he he yeah. he's like right, he's signing things, giving a he he's so famous. He was so big at that time. He sure. just like back of a strip yeah. club signing autographs for 13-year-old girls, yeah. being like, Yeah, whatever. Come on, Cindy. Like it's, it's a different oh, it's a different man. vibe, you know. <laughs> they can't um, even go inside. <laughs> <laughs> they're 13 and at the strip club <laughs> no no i mean he's there writing to uh, you you get what i mean uh yeah, I <laughs> mike henley real quick uh speaking of important questions how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well just um you know time going by very very quickly i'm trying to catch up on catch up on like whatever um watch a bunch <laughs> of uh you know christmas movies too like sometimes um i'll ironically watch them with my significant other uh you know other times we'll just you know like watch the ones like this one's actually good you know and stuff like that um i you know my my take on the whole you know dynamic too is that i feel like the amazon ones are kind of all bets are off but i feel like the the hallmark ones are better than the netflix's because the netflix ones you you keep getting this 
this this sense basically that the actors involved are just like, oh, you thought you were making something that's better than what this is. Did you take <laughs> taking you too seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, I can see that. Whereas, you know, and like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, be mean, like work is work. Like that's great. Yeah, but like sure. the Hallmark ones just have a little bit more, you know, self-awareness. Like we know, we know what this mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We, we know that a guy's job is Christmas. So this isn't a good movie. <laughs> right. Well, and also they're all like, you know, Christmas movie boot camp, which is in July in Vancouver. So they're all, you know, in the same, mm-hmm. which apparently is where oh, they film all those movies, which is what I was wow. saying today. That's because cool. how am I doing? I've also been listening, watching a lot of Christmas movies, <laughs> um, including one, which is a Lifetime Christmas movie starring uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And I think his name is Barry Watson. He was on, um, was Seventh, he on Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. But he plays mm. a nutcracker who comes to life in her life. Oh, uh, beautiful. And then, oh. They, and then helps her bake 9,000 cookies for Christmas. That is literally I the plot. I love <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. She is such a, a wholesome role model. She's just she so... She's just so wholesome. She's she's my teenage witch. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, she totally is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I watched that one, and I also watched one uh, starring RuPaul with the with the cavalcade of stars from the RuPaul's Drag Race universe called The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. Ooh, hey, they knew what kind of movie it. they were making? Love they it. They knew. Yep. They knew it was definitely um, tongue in cheek. Um, they lived. There was a town called Tuckahoe. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. Great. They really knew they knew the nuance mm-hmm. of, of what was yep. going on, and everyone looked yep. great. There is, so, you know, there is a town yeah. called Tuckahoe. That is a real town. I is there? Wow. Yeah. Oh. I think Not so. just a great like drag queen joke. I love that. It yeah. is. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But when but when they saw that, they were like, "Oh, well, that's 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 what it is. <laughs> that's like, what it is." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of great drag names, uh, my new drag name is called Trekking the News, and. Trekinda. Trekinda News. And News would love what's going on with Star Trek in the news. That was amazing. Trekinda News. Because I heard Carrie Uh, had some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I love that I have been the uh, newscaster for Trek in the News. Um, It makes me so happy. It gives me a little bit of joy. But uh, this week in Trek in the News, um, Michelle Nichols uh, had her official a last uh, Comic-Con convention appearance at Mm. the uh, LA Comic-Con this past weekend. And uh, she has been uh, suffering from uh, dementia for the past few years. So it is a a little sad. Uh, Well, it is a lot sad. Dementia is a very sad uh, disease. Um, And there has been a, some sort of a Custody Conserva- battle, right? a, cus- a conservatorship battle yeah. with uh, her son, and there, you know, uh, there's some drama there. Words have been said, but if you've ever known anybody that has had dementia, there, it's 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 a roller coaster of emotions, no matter how you, um, <clears throat> no matter what. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what's going on there, but she was uh, this past weekend uh, honored with an award uh an astronaut <laughs> came to the con- convention and gave, from nasa gave her an award for the uh, nasa's exceptional public achievement medal um because uh, she had not only just being on star trek and being just awesome on star trek she has been a major um uh, activist and she worked for mm-hmm. nasa in the 70s and 80s she actually went to work for nasa um helping to recruit more women into the field uh, uh, and 
create more diversity within NASA. And she was very influential in that and um, has influenced many careers, astronauts' careers, artists' careers. They can all point back to Nichelle Nichols being the source of their um, the the driving force that made them want to go into the work that they do. Yeah, so she's she's amazing, and and she has officially retired. Well, I hope she gets to. Um, you know, I know dementia is so hard, but she certainly earned um, some peace. You know, and quiet, mm-hmm. and, and um, I hope she gets that, and I hope uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, she pr- was able to appreciate how 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 she's affected so many li- so many people's lives in yeah. a positive way. Yeah. That's great. I for sure for sure. And I, I I any any stories that I hear about her is just that she's just a warm, <clears throat> welcoming person. She was friendly to everybody who came to the conventions. Every wow. every single person that came up to her at a convention just felt like they were instantly friends <laughs> with her. She's so um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I love that. I've never, not me, but that's the stories that I've heard. <laughs> I think that's okay. I think we, I think those yeah. are good rumors to spread, and I yeah. would imagine they're true. So that's a good, yeah, thing. that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, well, why don't we, why don't we pivot and uh, and start talking about uh, this episode, which was called, as Celine Dion said it earlier, "All is possible" or "All is possible" <laughs> for those who are not Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this. We, last week we sort of did a breakdown of the three plot lines, and I think maybe that's a good idea. Let's do that again this week. Um, cause that's, we could have like that sort of a plot, which I think was, and you can disagree with me, but I think the main plot was sort of Tilly and Adira, uh, going off on this cadet training that goes pretty awry, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. but mm-hmm. they do come to, uh, some sort of success in the end. So, um, <laughs> so Tilly of course has been uh, struggling, I think with some inner demons, trying to figure out a little bit where, um, her, uh, where she is in her life and what she's doing and, and what can be the right choice for her next. So she's been meeting with um, uh, Dr. Kolber, uh, who is doing double duty as both ship's therapist and ship's doctor. Um, and he That suggests... seems like a lot, by the way. I'm sorry, Chris, I, I didn't mean I, to interrupt I, you, I but I was struck by that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I also I think that too. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's a lot. And... Especially because like, he's a bit, as this is covered in the episode, but he's a bit too yeah. close to be a traditional therapist. Yeah. And instead, right. he has to be like a friend. Well, and somebody who has yeah. had their own massive trauma that probably probably will take a lifetime mm-hmm. to deal with, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as as is evidenced mm-hmm. sort of in, in later in the episode as well. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and everyone but, on the ship has been through a lot, so that really seemed like a full time job, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I would I would definitely say that. Um, but so at Dr. Culper's suggestion, after Tilly has said she's tried everything, she tried going on an away mission and she tried macaroni and cheese, everything. Um, and so he suggests- don't, don't forget that she says the word comfort zone again. She does say comfort That's zone again, zone. which we all owe Jay $5 for that. I took a drink. Uh, I, drunk, I took a shot when she said that. I don't know if any of you did. But I, did. I just punched myself in the head, same effect. There you go. Um, but so, so so she ends up taking a deer with her, and they go down to Starfleet Academy, where they meet, and I think his name is Dr. Um, Kovic. Dr. Kovic, who's played by yeah. David Cronenberg, famed yes. body horror director. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad to see Same him again. Films. Yeah. Yes, he's good. He's, he's very him. effective, I think. He's very... Uh... He's, he's got like a dry delivery that works with the, the, the lines that we were uh, calling out as humorous. Mm-hmm. It like yeah. yes. works. It definitely works with that. He's got strong Section 31 vibes, though. Yes! Like, what's his deal? 
I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, that's why. That's why he was so big in last season. I think with I'm um, helping. Yeah. Um, you know, the Georgia find her. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Help, helping Giorgio find her way back to... <laughs> Section 31 is alive and strong in the year 3000. I mean, yeah. yeah okay, I caught, so I caught up this week, and as soon as I saw Kovic, I desperately wanted more of him. He feels like one of the few people who, like, has this deep institutional knowledge that you can just, like, sure. reek coming off of him. And, like, most of the yep. people you meet yep. in Starfleet are kind of very, like firm or idealistic and he just has this sure. sort of calm like reading everything not giving much away like if, as you said section 31 because he feels not very starfleet at all mm -hmm. but you also get the sense that without him a lot of things would be off the rails 100 percent, yeah, yeah exactly. like, he's yeah. one of the few people who's like planning maybe 10 moves ahead yeah yeah he's like riding the ship where everyone else thinks they're driving it yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. god i love him i wish there's more of him well, maybe we'll get more. You never. I, I think. Hopefully. I think. I think. Also, no spoiler alerts. But you know, there is a, a, something that happens at the end of this episode, which means that we may be seeing more of this part of Starfleet and Star Trek mm -hmm. uh, in the future if we're to follow, mm -hmm. you know, one of our characters on their their next step in the journey. Mm -hmm. And we'll get there when we get there at the end of this plot. <laughs> hey? Yeah, I, I think. I think one of the awesome things about this too is like uh, they they shoot in Vancouver, and that's where David Cronenberg lives. So it's one of those situations of oh, I think wow. when they wanted to get him. Where they're basically just like, hey, are you in town this week? Do you want to? Do you want to? You know, do you want to get some Star Trek? Yeah. Do you want to so do a thing? Ask any of the many like, Christmas sure. movie actors we were just talking about? Well, they're busy making well. Christmas movies. I mean, you, yeah, there's you big money the, in Christmas movies. You wonder what the dating scene is like during that festival where they're all making Christmas movies you talked about? Oh, I bet it's oh, pretty. pretty I bet it's wild. Like, I, bet it's I, I mean, imagine. you've heard stories yeah. about the Olympic Village, but this <laughs> is like the Olympic Village, but they all hate what they're doing. Wait. That's an, amazing, something together. <laughs> that's an amazing idea for a movie. I love it. Yes. I'm writing that oh, one down. That's yeah. really good. The Sweaty Olympic Christmas. Village, but Christmas <laughs> and actors who maybe are, you know, uh, uh, um, very uh, disappointed with their life choices that brought yeah, them here. Yeah. You know, just on a different path than they saw for themselves. You yeah, know, like, uh, like people who are like, so this is the bottom for me. Got it. This is the you know? bottom. Wow, y'all yeah. are coming in hot and hard for these people. No, 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 that's, that's, no, it's, 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 it's I, well, maybe. I'm not bashing them. I just think no. it's a funny scenario. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I agree, I agree. I agree. Chris, did you finish your synopsises? Synopsis? I, I didn't get very far. <laughs> let, let me be. Let me be the one to steer the. Yeah, yeah you're gonna be the coach of the group. Yeah. Back on the track. Let's put this train back right. on the tracks. So, uh, so, so Culper suggests that she goes down. She brings Adira with her. Adira expresses some trepidation at meeting new people to Gray. Who Gray's just like, I got a new body. I'm going to ten forward. Which I was like, that's awesome. Good for you, Gray. You're yeah. Like, just rare to go. Um, uh, and, but it, that sort of lays the groundwork for what we see that Adira can do so much, but she is sort of afraid of meeting new people. And, and then we see that as a larger um, sort of concept for those who've experienced the burn and then have been kind of le leading these insular lives, only meeting mm -hmm. people from their planets and that mm -hmm. causing problems for the Academy, which is something that Kovic mentions to Adira as she sends her off to lead her cadets on this mission. <clears throat> and uh, then we get a great scene of them her trying to have an icebreaker with them and tell a little bit about themselves and them being really uninterested in speaking with her. It was very much like freshman year RA vibes 
uh, yeah. that scene. Like she was just like, "Come on, guys!" So like, you live in the red house, and I live over in green, <laughs> and I love geometry. And I was like, "I don't know <laughs> if this icebreaker is working, uh, Attili." Uh, and um, and, but she uh, she does uh, try her best, and then disaster strikes, and they end up. Uh, I think they're hit by a gamma ray. I think that's what they said. Gamma ray burst. Yeah. Gamma ray burst. They get thrown out of orbit. They end up on a different planet. That's not the M class moon they were going to, but an L class moon, which is rather. Um, uh, uh, terrifying and cold, and what even what and one of the cadets is dead, and uh, that and then you know chaos ensues. So a- any thoughts uh, from the from the panel on on that that sort of very uh, thrilling scene? Can I just say how comforting it is that we're now so far in the future, but still basically when a plot needs to happen, it's shuttle crash. Sure, that'll yeah, sure. just just a random thing that happens. I love it honestly. It's just one of the staples. So like to see it brought back here, it's just like yeah. ah, some things never change. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this was my this is probably my favorite episode of the four that we've watched so far. I think this is the strongest episode wise. Okay. I think I yeah. I really enjoyed the 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 very different stories. I I don't love when it's just the one story throughout the whole thing that we've seen in the past. And I like that we're branching out into into different um a story b story there's even a c story um i uh yeah that that's that's what i'm thinking i have like more specific thoughts within that but that's my like the big thing that i i had taken away from that that i totally agree and and these are Mm -hmm. and these were kind of my favorite kind of episodes we used to get as well with next gen or with other episodes where you know captain picard is stranded with a bunch of young kids and has to figure Mm -hmm. out how Mm -hmm. to get them through even though which is one of my favorite episodes i love that episode Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he like gets them through the um, the Jeffries tubes, and he's like, they're, and they're singing Frere Shaka. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's such a good one. So this this sort of gave me that that vibe and that energy, which I really enjoyed. And I think they did a good job of illustrating, kind of in all the plots, all these uh, how how the burn still lives in these people's minds, and how mm-hmm. this new the DMA is bringing back a lot of those fears that came from the burn. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. DMA once again stands for. Uh, Dark Our matter, matter musical arts. Darn dark mighty dark. animals. <laughs> dark matter and dark, dark matter and mm-hmm. right, exactly. mighty mighty boss tones. Uh. Yeah, you guys. I mean, you guys covered all the big stuff, so I'll go more granular. Yeah. I'm so confused by Tilly and like virtually anything mm. that happens on that mission. Like very little of what she does makes sense. That isn't like very ham-handed. Mm. Um, like there's that really weird interaction where they're crashing and the the Starfleet cadet says like I have experience piloting like let me take the controls until he goes negative no sit down that's an order and that's never really explained or like really given any kind of credence mm-hmm. didn't get that at all yeah that, that 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 struck me as odd I guess we're meant to interpret that she's afraid she's going to screw up the shuttle crash more or something um I don't know yeah I I agree weird and also just just like the yeah the whole the whole scene where she like says that she dropped a what was it dropped to something down a plasma vent oh a uh, um a med kit or something she dropped some sort of kit down a plasma yeah Yeah. on her first (laughs) and then everyone just kind of like looks around and like ignores her the breakdown of the people on the shuttlecraft you've got you know a human who lived uh, on a human colony we've got uh, and Orion, which I guess is the, the the species that was part of the um, 
The diamond yeah. chain? The emerald chain? Emerald, emerald, emerald chain. chain. The yeah. green. zirconia chain? I can never remember. <laughs> emerald because they're green. Their skin oh, is green. Right. It's very yeah. clever. I'm colorblind, so they're those very, jokes very rarely clever. land. I'm oh, you are? So, so those jokes oh, rarely okay. land on me in that yeah. way, like to make gotcha. it very clear. They don't so read Carrie, to me. Carrie, do you feel bad yet? Because you just made fun of Chris for being... <laughs> no. No, I didn't make fun of him. No, don't You're feel colorblind. Bad. Well, uh, I don't have a sense of smell. At all? At all, I, I have anosmia. I am an anosmia person. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, do you oh. feel bad now? <laughs> I do feel bad because she can never smell cheese, and I feel bad. I can about never that. smell oh. cheese. Oh. No. Nope. Can you taste no. cheese? I can taste, you know, sweet, salty. You know the major, you know, things. Okay. okay. The nuances, I don't get nuances. Well, so that's like I me don't. with color. Like I can see a broad scope, but I don't mm -hmm. like. Yeah, you get it. But so this is why this emerald chain joke did not, or, yeah. or emerald chain okay. thing did not, um, uh -huh. did not compute for my for my eyes, which are missing cones <laughs> or rods or whatever it is that leads me to have the, the particular uh, sight I have. Um, and then there's that the other species, the guy who they kind of have like a warthog quality. I don't tellurites. Know tellurites. Tellurites. Thank you. Tellurites. Tellurites were there from the founding of the Federation. They were one of the four. It was uh, humans. Andorians, Vulcans, and Tellarites that founded oh, that founded the Federation. So I thought that was interesting to put them into that yeah. that mix. I liked that concept of people just having to to relearn how to to um, work yeah. with each other because it's yeah. been a hundred years that they were um, insulated on their planet. Think about like actually knowing the names and places <clears throat> of other planets out yeah. there. Like you know that they're there. You, right. uh, now like just think of it as if it were now like whoa yeah there's that planet tell teller teller over there with the tellerites on it mm -hmm. and uh yeah we don't talk to them and then there's those orions <laughs> over there and they, we don't talk to them but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well and it could be i mean if we're trying to be you know really um if they're trying to draw analogies from the world we're currently living in 100%. it is a little bit like trying to reintegrate ourselves into society yeah. after yes. i don't know COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I so needed this episode this week because um, on Tuesday, I went to my office for the first time in mm. almost two years. And I was just getting mm. on the highway. I was just like, how do I do this again? And, yeah. Uh, you know, just, and, and, and it's very, very odd. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, 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 I totally connected with that. Um, I think, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. I think something else that clicked for me is we were going on about why why did they destroy uh, his planet, Book's planet? Like, what is the point of that? And mm -hmm. I think it's starting to make sense for me in this episode. Oh, it's because in my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's because they're exploring this concept of grief and loss yeah. and the exploding of the planet. Yes, it's huge stakes. Yeah, they could just have a small loss, but the exploding of the planet is more like metaphorical for maybe how we feel right now. Sure. It's um, mm -hmm. like yeah. like our planet ha is is exploded as if this mm -hmm. is happening to us. And how can we deal with it? Because now in this time that we're in, we're everybody here in the world on earth now in 2021 in real life is experience, experiencing grief and yeah. loss. Yeah. And, and as you said, learning how to reintegrate into society. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I, it's, things have started to click a little bit for me as to why they were making those choices. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree yeah. with that. Um, and then as they get back, uh, as they start to realize that 
um, <laughs> there are creatures now on this planet that are trying to eat their ship, and they realize they have to get away from them, and they have to sort of escape and go out into the cold. Which were super cool alien creatures. Like, they were yeah. very cool. I, yeah. I they agree. They were so cool. And, and yeah, it, it, it was nice to see something too where it just, yeah, I looked at it and was just like, that doesn't feel like something I've seen like a million times, you know, yeah. like even yeah. either within Star Trek or anywhere else. So I, I thought that was neat. Yeah, they're, they're, they're using the technology that they have instead of... Um, Using the mm -hmm. same old technology that Star Trek is all. Well, it's like it's like when you would see a random alien come in and they yeah. just had like a, an anonymously bulbous forehead. You're like, yeah, okay, so I yeah. know you're yeah. an alien. Yeah. I don't particularly yeah. know what kind. You just imagine Sorry, the makeup. It's never yeah. explained, but you have mental yeah. powers of some kind. You know, yeah. it's like kind of. <laughs> you're going to inspire Jake Cisco. Yeah. You're going to be Jake Cisco's yeah. muse, and then float away yeah. into space. Exactly. Everything's a lot easier now <laughs> to get these awesome things because things are done digitally. In the '90s, yep. that yep. wasn't done, and that was like more expensive sure <laughs> so sure, any sure. any reason the, so the reasoning for why so the reasoning for why klingons from the start the original series to the enterprise uh the next generation were so different is because the original series just did not have a budget for yeah. klingon makeup that's the re that's the true reason they just mm -hmm. bronzed them and called it a day right. but if the Roddenberry had his way, it would have been more like the Klingons on the next generation. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so just as an example, just to compare it to other things, like I think that Discovery is using technology for their show that mm -hmm. is 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 uh, expanding the <laughs> Star Trek. Uh, visual vocabulary <clears throat> and being that it's <clears throat> the furthest we be being that it's the furthest we've ever seen into the future of this. Mm -hmm this timeline of this 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 story you know this um whole universe it, it makes sense that they're 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 trying to expand in that way as well um and so they so they get out and they um they they leave their their poor friend who has died behind and they they uh they uh try to um realize they have to get over to this ridge and they um they're having they're having all these fights because the telluride the telluride is uh mad at the man from orion because you know, of the of the uh the Emerald uh, Chain. Emerald <laughs> I'm City. putting it all together. Emerald Just City. Think of Emerald City, yeah. One short day <laughs> in the Emerald City. Ooh, very yeah, nice. Exactly. I'm going to do a, 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 a wicked redo. Yeah. For well, one short day. Well, that's day. a horse of a different color. <laughs> <laughs> Come on Part in. Of the Emerald Chain. We're not great, but some of us are. Um, so that was kind of what I got from it is that, <laughs> you know, once again, go diving into the backstories of these people, these people are fighting, they have to sort of save Adira from, and maybe I tuned out for a second. So she stepped into like ice quicksand or like yeah. ice yeah, that was like something strange like that. Something. Yeah. In that a part, very weird way that, that they was, couldn't go over there and get her. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't and, and, do it. And that was even kind of a janky effect too, because like that was not my favorite part of the episode. It was yeah. it was fine, but like from a from a direction or execution standpoint, there were definitely moments where I'm just like, her feet are moving. I'm confused. Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. I, what I didn't get was why it was Adira on the in the ice and not the Orion, because that would have fit in with his uh, character yeah. with yeah. his character who says like I have to work twice as hard since I'm Orion, and it would have worked with the tension where like maybe the Tellerite doesn't entirely yeah. want to save the Orion right. and like right. that forces things to a head but instead Adira, I think yeah. I think Adira is always trying to solve every problem she can and kind of get away from other people to do it I think mm -hmm. that's her thing she mm. wants to just avoid 
right? Or they're they're actually they're they're their thing. Yeah. Yeah, their thing. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, they're just they were constantly trying to go, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but I think that was part of the reason why they had put her character in this situation because Hmm. they were always doing that but not actually interacting with other people. With other people, right? But there was one weird moment there that um i felt was weird because adira said i can go i'm a really good runner and they said it several times i'm a really good runner and tilly is notoriously a really bad runner and that has been on several episodes how bad of a runner (laughs) tilly is yes and i'm i'm like why just you clearly you don't you're not a good runner your character's not a good runner (laughs) but go let her do it go let him do it so that was weird to me and after she had said uh, to them earlier, this is something I picked up. From here on out, we're doing everything together, all of us, or nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then later <laughs> on, she said, "Oh, I'm gonna go by myself. You stay here." Tilly. That was mean. a Tilly. Yeah. Tilly yeah. said that. Yeah. Oh, I interpreted that as like a noble sacrifice. Yeah, and she's yeah. The, and, and Tilly's in charge of them. That, that's why I took it as well. She's like, "I'm in charge. Yeah. I can. These these are cadets who are who have just formed a bond, and I I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah." Um, yeah. yeah, and that, that, that is sort of the, the rest of the plot is they they get it together to um, well first they laid the groundwork for Tilly being able to use the um, creating use use the uh, the med pack to create some sort of like long rope thing that she could they could pull Tilly pull Adira yeah. out of the ice yeah uh, and then it comes to light that um, the Tellerite learns about the noble background of the Orion whose father was an activist who died. Uh, for the cause of setting of the armistice set uh, with the emerald. Yeah, uh, the not all Orions, not all uh, Orions. Yeah, that's right. Hashtag not all Orions. Yeah, not that's right. Orions. Actually, yeah, specifically, he was he he was an activist against slavery. Right. Um, yeah. I I have a question. So there's that like one bolt of so they initially like decide like oh we just need to get away from the beast and like and then the Orion proposes hiding in a cave and everyone goes that's stupid and then there's one bolt of lightning. Um, and they start kind of like panicking, and then there's oh, no more lightning. bolts of lightning ever. <laughs> spider lightning. Yeah, I think that's what it was called, right? Because it's, it's like, called spider lightning. Yeah, because it's like more dangerous than regular lightning. Yeah, but I love how like there's just one, and then it never happens, and like they don't. It doesn't bother to interrupt them while they're doing like a whole backstory expose. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and then they it's stand not... there. But this is just the thing they do. It... They do this in Star Trek, but also every show. Like we yeah. only have we only have ten seconds, but we can talk for five minutes. While sure, we sure, sure. That's yeah, fine. well, that's also the whole that's thing too. Like, that, I don't think any of us thought Tilly was really going to die. No, in that moment. no, I didn't no. think that was. No, be... I if I was they, convinced. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, I, yeah. I, I was convinced that this whole thing was a simulation, and Tilly was in on it, and that's why Tilly was being so cavalier the whole time and like mm-hmm. willing to waste time with with getting to know each other i was oh. like okay mm-hmm. she's in on it this is a simulation covid set that, this up that's um, not discovery style discovery will just kill people yeah, and, then, just yeah. like, and you're gonna die and then, <laughs> and then they end up in the shuttle bay and i was like oh no this is real and tilly was just that bad in command all right yeah <laughs> i want to i want to i, I want to go back that. to something that we skipped over we skipped over it. it really quick uh, well, we said it, but we breezed through it. But the Orion, the Orion thing, uh, the speaking up uh, against slavery, I think mm-hmm. that was Discovery correcting an issue that Star Trek has had from the beginning. Because mm-hmm. from the very first mm-hmm. episode, they talked about the Orion slave girls and yes. the Orions, oh. the slaves of the Orion specifically were the race of people that had the slavery 
problem. And so I remember one episode even of Enterprise where there were Orions on the ship and they tried to correct it by saying, no, the women are actually in charge of mm -hmm. the slavery, slave trade. So it's okay. The women have like a, some sort of pheromone or something like that. But, you know, okay, not, okay, I see what you're going, but great. it didn't really, <laughs> it's still not, not great. Still not great. Yeah. So I, I think, I think this was a discovery, um, uh, addressing that and saying, listen, in the Fair like, enough. this has been a problem with Orion. Not all Orions liked slavery. This is just what was going on there. <laughs> right. Or the the burn happened. The bad people, the Orion, the, turned into the Emerald Chain, took over the <laughs> the place, and yada yada yada. Things happened. So. I think that's what it was. I think that, that was sense. Discovery trying to correct that issue. Do the full, I, the full correction. Yeah, I, I agree, especially because I think Discovery has spent more time with Orions than we ever have in yeah. any mm -hmm. show up till now. Um, and it yeah. felt like one of those parts of the, you know, of the lore that they kind of didn't want to touch because it has that kind of like, has that very mm -hmm. weird and, and definitely like sexist background basically. And you're right, Enterprise tried to really kind of address it head on, but in a very weird way that's made me yeah. go like, wait, what message are you guys sending? <laughs> yeah, they were, it was still overly sexual. That was yeah. the problem that yeah. I had with yeah. Enterprise. All of the overt sexual stuff on that show was unnecessary. There's an Orion on Lower Decks. There is, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. she's a very cool character yep. and has, uh, and has, her character has spoken uh, a couple times about the backstory of her, <laughs> what what it's like being one of the few Orions in Starfleet. I need they to go back and watch that. Yeah, they do make a weird joke about it in Lower Decks. There's the episode where they where um, what's her face, uh, Mariner has them all mm -hmm. act out an action movie, yes. and yeah. the Orion and character they... is like an Orion slaver. Um, yeah, in the action like, movie. I don't... I'm not comfortable being a slaver in this. Like, this is, I don't like this stereotype. And, and you know, when they make up at the end and Ben Mariner apologizes for casting her as a slaver, she then says, like, oh, you know, it's all right. I mean, we haven't been slaving for a whole, like, seven years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting way to wrap it up, but all right. We haven't had slavery for seven years, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was uh, something worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish wrapping up this A plot just so we can get onto the B plot. Oh, forgot we were Keeping us on the on track. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, they do get to the top of this ridge, and then it becomes clear that um, someone has to go and uh, uh, distract the alien thing before uh, they can get picked up by the starship that's coming for them. And so Tilly volunteers, and there's a firefight, and she's running, and she goes, and then. Finally, the last second, they all do get beamed up and saved. And uh, afterwards, um, uh, Kovic offers Tilly a spot to teach at the academy, which she decides to take. And I sort of started to see that coming. And I thought that uh, mm -hmm. personally, I was like, I don't, I'm not mad at that. Because part of me feels like she's sort of handing down the reins of awkward tech superhero to Adira. <laughs> yes, mm. yeah. exactly. You know I mean? yep. They're switching. They're switching yeah. parts. She's giving it to Adira for yeah. sure. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I like it though. I like it. And that their big long send off at the end was like a 10 minute long send off. <laughs> and <laughs> I, it made me think like this is her, it felt like she's leaving the show. Uh, Mary Wiseman's last episode. That's what it yeah. felt like yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. Like 
we're saying we're not just saying goodbye to Tilly. We're saying goodbye to Mary, Mary Wiseman. Yeah, oh. I wonder if that's true. So, I yeah. wonder if that's true as well. But only because they made such a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. If they just were like, "Okay, bye," <laughs> yeah. then you right. might think maybe we'll go hang out with her on Earth and see how she's doing with the the cadets. But it was just such a goodbye. Which they might, yeah. If this is Mary Wiseman's last episode, it struck me as odd. And and all the storytelling decisions why they do with this episode why they pair her up with Adira um you know the the cadet you know mission all this stuff all this stuff makes sense to me but it's also odd for her last episode to have so little of Michael in her storyline whatsoever like there's literally a scene towards the end where Michael comes in and we've seen Michael in the beast story the entire episode Mm -hmm. Michael comes in basically and just like hey I just heard what happened and you're just like okay And it's just like, yeah. and there's no way she would have known. It's not like, but like from a storytelling perspective, it's just like, but you guys are like really good friends. Like, you know, I feel like you would have had more time, but you know, whatever. There was I, have one a, problem I have a little intel had, on this, yeah. actually. I, I have a little oh, intel okay. on this. Oh. So I just looked it up and it says, um, we've confirmed that while Wiseman is not officially leaving the show, her role as Tilly may be reduced in upcoming episodes. Okay. So All right. that, that would go hand in hand with what we've sort of seen. There was one problem that I had with that uh, Michael Burnham and Tilly scene. The only one problem that I had was that Michael said she liked, didn't mind her, she liked her snoring. And nobody likes snoring. Nobody. I don't <laughs> believe it. That well, was that the only one problem. Why I'm single, like, Gary. Thanks so I mean, much. Like, for that. my husband, <laughs> like, we, my, Scott and I looked at each other exactly like we gave each other a look when she said that it was like a side eye like we both looked at each other at the same time when Michael Burnham said and I just I kind of started to like it and we were like no no <laughs> she could have no. just been lying and being nice yeah. that old that old like you know yeah then I adjusted it back or she didn't or that she was that it. was just the only real biggest problem that I had with this episode <laughs> that was it Snoring positivity is important. (laughs) That was the biggest problem. There was another, okay, uh, before we go on to the C other stories, Mm -hmm. I was confused about Adira and Gray because don't you think that Adira should have all of Gray's memories from when Gray oh, yeah. had mm-hmm. had a symbiont and mm-hmm. and all and because of that don't you think that Adira should have part of Gray's personality as well because all of these joined mm. trills they're not just the person they used to be they're, they're a blending they're yeah. a blending of all of them That's, so yeah. to say goodbye to Gray in person and and feel empty I don't I'm not fully buying that because that's not how they set up trills. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe because a deer is human and not a trill, but still mm-hmm. I feel like a deer's personality would be stronger. I know they're saying a deer needs help with all of this, but I think that her, her personality should be stronger because, because there are seven lifetimes of uh, experience inside of her and memories, including yeah. Grace. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that they're setting them up for strife and tension Mm-hmm. with their two opposing personalities and then maybe we'll I, i'm guessing it will come to a head and we'll learn more about so. um yeah. uh, uh this separation and as it as it uh is juxtaposed against the 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 the, the usual trail experience yeah um, when but gray it did, it did was leave me with removed, questions as well yeah did they <laughs> did did gray completely remove all memories and essence of yeah. uh right. himself from adira or or is something still there <laughs> 
I mean, that's how that's how I'd explain it away. Like, I feel like you can explain it away like that. And also in DS Nine, like the whole like yeah. personalities of previous hosts thing is like <laughs> intentionally left kind of murky. Yeah. Um, just for plot flexibility. Except for when they do that thing where they get all the personalities out into other bodies of all their friends, yeah. which is such a yeah. good yes, episode. Yes. Oh my goodness. Good I watched that the other day. Mm. Now a you're episode. a convert. You're a convert to Deep You guys, you've done it. I'd like Deep Space Nine now. I do. We did it. We season five. You. It's because it's wow. great. Oh, season five. It's a great five. show. Oh, man. Mm. I will say the, I'm on the episode where now. I'm, I'm in the episode where Jake is basically just experiencing what war actually is like. And I was like, this is rough. Great, <laughs> yeah. great episode. That's, great like episode. Thing, that's what DS9 can do that no other Star Trek can. I love yeah. Jake. I love the Jake character anyway. Yeah, Jake's great. Yeah. Jake is wonderful. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's our Deep Space Nine moment, which mm -hmm. we have yeah. every mm -hmm. single episode. We need a jingle. We need like a jingle, like a Deep Space, Space Nine, Nine moment. <laughs> like something, I don't know. I love that. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the B story or the C story. Yes, I would story. love to. Um, would anyone else like to cover the B story? Anyone feeling they've got that a good handle on it? Uh, I got it. Right. I got it. Yeah, I mean, you can I, do it. I didn't take great you can notes. Do it. Yeah. Okay, you go, Chris. I'm enjoying your recaps. Wonderful. So, um, yeah. uh, so Saru comes to Michael and says to her that the president of the Federation has asked they come to the final, uh, the final meeting of these negotiations for Navarre rejoining the Federation because Admiral Vance has come down, is, is ill with some sort mm -hmm. of worm that has to gestate <laughs> before, for 24 hours before he can be better, which I was like, well, that's a lot of information and sounds like he's having a preg pregnancy moment, uh, which does not sound fun. Uh, but then it becomes clear once they get there that there was, there was some, uh, some deceit going on as uh, they needed the particular skills of both Saru and Michael because there is a sort of a surprise addendum to the agreement where the, the president of Navarre says, yeah, we'll, we'll join, we'll join the Federation, but only if we have uh, an out clause that give, with, doesn't require us to give any explanation and doesn't ha hold us accountable for anything. And of course the Federation says that we can't, the uh, 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 president Rillick says we can't possibly yeah. do that. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, basically, right. is what they're saying. And what so if you pay for it? What if you pay for both cakes? What if you pay if for your doing cake? A bit. Can you have it? And he's eat doing it? a bit. He's doing a bit. He's interrupting <laughs> you with a bit. <laughs> sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. Listen, Jean Barine, Jean Barine has some some dry delivery sometimes, so I believe it sometimes. <laughs> That's just an inside nickname for Jane and Jean Green. I hope you enjoy it, fair <laughs> listeners. Um, uh, <laughs> and um, so basically it comes to light, though, number one, we find out that Saru has an admirer in the president yes, of Navarre, which I, I love. love. It. And some, some, he's, she's great. She's wonderful. Oh, she's a not so secret admirer, and I like I, mm -hmm, I like mm -hmm. it. That was like so <laughs> polite and elegant, but also so charged. It was like yeah, mm. yeah. Yep. She yep. got him his, his, his tea from his home world. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, that's yeah. <sighs> Very good. Yeah, you and know, then it becomes it's, clear, yeah, it becomes yeah. clear that um, you know, so she sends him tea. We cleared they have a connection. Obviously, Michael and the president of the Federation. You know they they struggle but they also have a connection and so uh it, uh, once it becomes clear that these things can't work out saru speaks to the president of navarre who sort of intimates to him that maybe she needs help that she her hands are tied because of political things mm -hmm. and so they decide they're both going to speak to their respective sort of connections see what they can come up with 
um, we get a great scene with um, Saru and the and the president of Navarre, and she teaches him to meditate. It is very sexual to me. So, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> I was into it. I was also like, he must be so uncomfortable squatting in that position. The, whatever, yeah. whatever, like prosthetics they got on his feet to make him look yeah. longer. Yeah. Like I, I, I really empathized. He's already I mean, like seven feet tall, and they put these heels on. And him. He's, he's sixty such years a tall old. Man. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I really, Doug Jones yeah. is that old? Really? Wow. I think. Yeah. He's, he's already, yeah, I think huh. he's not. He's not a spring chicken. Hmm. Um, and my joints ache, and I'm thirty-eight years old, so I can't imagine mm. uh, what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's fifty-four. He's uh, no okay. eight. I didn't mean. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Doug. I didn't mean to add six years <laughs> on. But you're no, 54. sixty-one. Sorry, sixty-one. He was born in fifty-four. He was ah, okay. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, born in That's fifty-four. Well, that Wait. would make him. Wait, what? No, that doesn't add up. Okay, nineteen sixty. He was born in night. You know what? I was reading a Wikipedia entry from some politician named Doug Jones, and I don't oh. know who he is. Doug Jones is from uh, from um, he's a Southern state, Alabama. He's Alabama, Alabama. Alabama. He's a yeah, senator yeah. from Alabama. So yes. I looked at the screen and I saw I saw it twice, and I didn't really read, and I just saw a number. So uh, no, 1960. He's 61 years old, and he's six four. He's six four. Born no. in 1960. He's 61 years old. Well, yeah, that, that so I would imagine that it took a lot. I hope I hope they got that scene done pretty quickly. Is what I'm trying to say because it looked a little <laughs> uncomfortable. But they did a great job of uh, instilling their connection and also forwarding the uh, the need to have the answer come from somewhere outside of the Federation or Navarre, which is what they finally figure out. And Michael convinces uh, the president to let them uh, present uh, a third party solution. And that third party solution is the Michael Burnham Express. Uh, the Michael yes. Burnham, I'll fix your problems yeah. because I'm connected mm -hmm. to yeah. Navarre as a Navarre citizen because I was a citizen mm -hmm. of Vulcan a thousand years ago. And I'm connected to the Federation because I yeah. worked there for the Federation. Yeah. I, I feel like. Go ahead, oh, Jim. no. Mike, you should, go. you should go. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like I need specifics on how this solves the problem because I, 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 I'm, it's unclear to me. Well, I understand. The concept of a committee, I, I like that idea, a committee sure, that, yeah. that mm -hmm. is helping out. I think that's a good, that's a good compromise. That makes sense to me. I think that a, a, um, a non-partial third party to represent both uh, um, uh, Navarre and Earth could, could also be a good thing. Mm -hmm. It was unclear to me how many people were going to be on this committee. It better yeah. not just be Michael Burnham. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think it needs to be a variety of people from a variety of different places to make this committee uh, actually work. If, if we're going to see it in the future, I, right. I mean, if we're going to see this committee show up in the future, I hope that it's not just Michael Burnham. Yeah. <laughs> Burnham. I hope there's a, a variety of people. And I think I, it's I was, a good idea because I think the Federation watching a bunch of the Star Trek uh, shows in the past, some people have had problems with the Federation. Sure. So it's Hello. a good way to hmm. um, to make everybody happy. No, I, I think guess. it's good. And I think um, it's an elegant solution for creating more strife down the line for the television yeah. program too. Because for having sure. Michael as yeah. a part of all these things will keep... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's smart, and it's, it also furthers the plot along with Saru yeah. and, and the president of Navarre. I hope we see more of that. I think yeah. that's really neat. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's cool. 
So if, if, and if, for if Michael's this... character too, because yeah. Mike, they kind of dropped the fact that Michael was born on, uh, uh right. not was raised on Vulcan, Vulcan. most of her That's life true. and yeah. has that background. So just to bring more of her that background of hers to the foreground. Yeah. They're trying to, to to explain that this person was raised logically, despite how illogically they behave at almost every turn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. No, you're right though. But you're right though. <laughs> my, my first instinct was to very much dislike this this part of the this like plot turn of uh -huh. the Michael Burnham committee, but I can kind of buy it because you know last season the she she convenes a quorum and then in an act of great respect and consideration for the Vulcan people withdraws her request rather than see the quorum tear itself apart right. as they're debating yeah. whether or not to give the SB nineteen data. I feel like that could give her mm -hmm. more like mm -hmm. planet wide notoriety and yeah. goodwill. Perhaps. Credibility, to, yeah. credibility. I was surprised that they didn't bring up the Coat Milat to function as a as a neutral party. That made way more sense to me because mm -hmm. candor, well, goodwill. I, I think also after what just happened though with the Coat Milat and Javeni, I think maybe that wouldn't have been a tenable solution given you know there's already been some some immediate conflicts yeah. with that with the, mm -hmm. that group it's, and someone mm -hmm. stemming from that group. You know. It's possible that the Kowat Mulat are, are just too much in, invested in their own uh, things. Yeah, right. It's like it's like yeah. having a, a religious. You're trying to have a non, uh, yeah, uh, separate church separate and state, state, but then yeah. add the mm -hmm. church into your committee. It's sort of like <laughs> maybe right. not. Would you describe them <clears> as a church? No, I'm just giving them as sort of like it, it's it's sort of like a, a like a, a belief or a religion or a. Like Buddhism, monastic. kind of yeah, yeah. monastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I feel like for that reason, like it's not, like I don't feel like they're in danger of taking things over in the same way that a church might be. If you sure, right, like a church in that yeah. position. And right. they very might, they very might well be, because who's going to be on this committee? We don't know. They also tied up that the question of justice that we were arguing about right. last mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. That yeah. Doctor Burnham is going to go take care of Javeni and rehabilitate her at this. Yeah. In so. This is like, like, we, like what we said, we had no idea what the justice was going to be. Rehabilitation yeah. is a form of uh, justice. So sure. there. Yeah. there you go. And you're going to make amends to the family. Uh, and actually, so... it's, it, it's funny what you're saying, though, about sort of them tying something up from the last episode, because that is what they did with, um, with Book. And this ties us right into our third yeah. plot. Um, where they said, where he said, yeah, that worked for, you know, the, the, the mind meld worked for a few weeks, but then Michael saw him sinking into himself in grief and suggests he starts meeting with Dr. Kolber, Kolber himself. So he and Dr. Kolber have a number of sessions where he explores his grief for Quajan. Dr. Kolber, um, you know, reveals some, some, some facts about his own life and a really gruesome story about, I guess, in his family, how, uh, they, um, his TO, they would, uh, they would shape the corpse in um, the shape of the, what they were doing in life, and that he was uh, trying to put cards in his, his TO's. Standing funeral? Is that a real? Mm -hmm. I'm going to look it up. A standing funeral. I mean, it's, no. it's, it wouldn't have made it up if it yeah. was. Yeah. I don't know, but I, the, the, okay. the finger snapping off really had me uh, laughing and also being like, wow, okay, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> intense. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I've grown to love, to love Hugh. And I love when, when Star Trek brings little, like, gives human characters, like, backgrounds we can understand yes yeah you know mm -hmm. something that's not mm -hmm. too far removed from earth like jean-luc picard going to his family's vineyard after yeah. while dealing with his ptsd from being taken over by the board yeah. and getting in a big mud wrestling fight with his brother what that's could right. be, honestly Great what episode. could be more more family than getting in a fight at the holidays you know what i mean <laughs> or like cisco helping out his dad's kitchen 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. And his well, dad's yeah. like, I've yeah. got a new heart and everything. <laughs> yeah. Because I've. This is I've... the scene where I. This is the scene where I uh, had that thought that I had talked about earlier about. Okay, now I'm starting to understand because how and and even Jay were like, how is this going to affect book? Why? Why book? It's like, okay, book is a character that we can use to. Uh, explore this concept of uh, yeah. of grief and loss and how, how he's going to um, deal with it and how we can move on from it. And that, <clears> I think <throat> that is sort of the main the main thrust of, of this little C plot. And at the end, he sort of finds himself working on this mandala with um, mm. with Dr. Kolber uh, after Dr. Kolber has also, as I said, revealed some of his own personal tragedies. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. said something that I think is important to note you know, where, where Book kind of throws back at him, well, when are you going to start exploring your own grief? And he was like, in good time. He's like, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And I get that, you know, where Colbert has been through more than anybody else. He like was reborn from a whole other, uh, uh, from the, where he got stuck? He got stuck inside the-, the um, Like the mycelial network, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah for like- Yeah, the mycelial network, yeah. Yeah, terrifying. Oh, oh there was something else uh, uh, Dr. Colbert speaks. Spanish for a just a little word of Spanish. Yeah, tío. But Spanish is very rarely spoken in Star Trek. You that's never true. hear it. Yeah. You never well, hear it. Well, it's hard for them so to that's because probably one of the conceivably the universal the translator. translator. Exactly. Would, <laughs> would, uh... You don't hear many other languages. You don't hear many other Earth languages on Star okay. Trek. You usually just oh. hear English and, and Spanish and Klingon. Kapla. I mean, we hear a lot of Klingon. <laughs> yeah, we do. The translator is mysterious how it works. Yeah. <laughs> don't every, just don't think too hard about it because it's not gonna. There's one really. Uh... Yeah, no, I was just gonna say every time that they try to explain the universal translator in Star Trek, it's always something that just makes you go like, "Well, now I just have more questions." Yeah, like, I don't... yeah don't because it's a, it's not. Yeah, that yeah. that and a um, beaming is like the more you think about it, just oh, you're yeah. supposed to just take it for just mm -hmm. accept it. Oh wait, are you are you talking about the theory that when you beam, every time you beam, you die, and a being who is all of your atoms is, is yes. put on somewhere else, but really it's yeah. not you. A possibly you're literally not your soul. all yeah. of your all of your molecules <laughs> are separated and yeah, spread it's... all over the galaxy, and then oh. pinpointed back somewhere else. So uh -huh. like you're essentially yeah. a copy of yourself every single uh -huh. time. We're all some, Thomas Riker. In some sense, and they always have like a they have a a backup copy of you when you're beamed they keep like a copy of you just in case something goes wrong yeah <laughs> which is yeah that raises a whole host yes. of yikes yes um, so so beaming trans uh, technology and translators are two things we we yeah. can't think too hard about yeah. on star trek or our brains yeah. will explode jay i think you had something to say did i have yeah. that right yeah, Enterprise has a really great bit with the Universal Translator in one of their later episodes where there's like a human pro a human supremacist uprising on Earth. Um, and they're trying to make the Federation happen for the first time and it's not really working. Um, and there's a whole mob outside of like the, the place where the talks are taking place. And one of the alien ambassadors says, there's a mob outside and they're saying things that the Universal, Universal Translator can't decode. It's like a nice way of... <laughs> <laughs> cursing yeah <laughs> that's funny that's very funny well good i think i think we've actually come to a really nice sort of we've gone through all the three plots unless, unless someone has a last thought they wanted to share 
Okay, good. Well, wh why don't we, um, why don't, does anybody have any recommendations of things they're watching and enjoying apart? Actually, why don't, since we're all have kind of admitted for the most part, we're watching Christmas movies. Mm, I have it. Okay, well, Jay, you, you can come up with another kind of movie if you've watched one this week. But does anyone have a, a suggestion <laughs> I, of a movie they've watched they'd like to suggest? I watched, um, no, first I want to say my final thought is through and Tarina sitting in a tree. Um, I watched Love Hard on Netflix and I didn't expect to like it because I don't expect to like any Christmas movie, but I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by Love Hard. So if okay. you, uh, so uh, try that one out. There's sure. a very good song. Uh, my favorite, my new favorite Christmas song is their new rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside that they did Aww. in this movie. And I, it just made me smile. Like I put had a big, huge grin on my face while I was watching this. It was, it's my new favorite thing. So love hard. Love hard, we love that. Love hard and also love hard is also the advice that Carrie is giving to Saru. Jay, any final thoughts? <clears throat> um, I would like to congratulate Tilly for um, for going to the academy because it always felt like Tilly was kind of nervous around adults. Yeah. So the fit makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, she's she's she wants to be an it eternal grad student sense. and I get it. I, I go back to academia, babe. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um as for recommendations, I'd recommend the Netflix show Hilda a lot. Um it's a kids show, but it's one of the kids shows that has that has the earnest earnestness and wonder of a kids show while having the intelligence and like vision of an adult show. Oh, I like yeah. that. I'll have to check that out. Very well done. Cool. Mike Henley, any last thoughts or recommendations? Um, yeah, no, I uh, just uh, recommendation wise, um, I have no last thoughts. I have no thoughts right now. Um, but uh, <laughs> Mike's like, get me through the end of the damn year. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off, unfortunately. Um, this has not been a year where I've been able to take much time off, unfortunately. But um, uh, no, the Christmas movie that uh, I and my uh, significant other watched. Uh, we uh, we watched um, we watched A Castle for Christmas, also on Netflix, which stars. I just watched it. Okay. <laughs> it stars which stars Brooke Shields and Carrie Elwes. Uh, yeah. And that was and that was why I was totally into it. It was like, oh, it's Carrie Elwes, basically. Yeah. And it was one yeah. of those movies that we started thinking like we're probably going to make fun of this. And then about halfway through, we're just like. This is actually for what this is. This is actually, you know, yeah. this is. Yeah. So, so, he, so we, so we started ironically enjoying it, and we ended up enjoying. Actually it. enjoying it. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I well, I can second that recommendation because I literally just turned that off and then came on to do the oh, Zoom. Nice. So it's very fresh in my mind. Yeah. I, what I, what, to your point, I think what's what's refreshing about it is they clearly filmed that actually in Scotland. Like, yes. That was not I Vancouver. said the exact same thing because you can so tell when it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, this yeah, is cool. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. But but like the minute they go to yeah, they, the minute they actually and you're just like, yeah. oh, they actually went. Th oh, this is this just yeah. went up like five yeah points in life. Yeah, just, just on that. It it followed the structure. It hit all the notes that you wanted to see, but it yes. was also kind of uh, fun to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, for my final thoughts and recommendations, uh, final thought, I, I, I would agree with uh, with Carrie. As I say, this is the, my favorite episode we've watched so far this season. I'm hoping that this is a trend towards maybe tying up some of the loose ends that have been bugging us uh, uh, up to this point. So uh, hope for the future. I am a terminal optimist, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I guess recommendation-wise, I would recommend uh, The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, starring Mr. <laughs> Paul and the Cavalcade of Drag Kings. You can find it on VH1. And um, 
other than that, I, I thank you all for joining me, and uh, we'll sign off as we always do, singing the original Star Trek theme. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah.